Game Changer, Episode 1, Six Steps to Effective Gamification, with Kevin Werbach. Welcome to Game Changer, a series on using gamification to engage employees. Join us as industry experts discuss one of the hottest trends in business today. Using game thinking to engage employees in work, wellness, recruiting, and more. This is a special podcast series by the producers of the top-rated podcast, The Engaging Leader. And now, with nearly 20 years of experience helping engage hundreds of thousands of employees at Fortune 500 companies and other organizations, here's your host, Jesse Leahy. Welcome to the show, Game Changers. This is the show for CEOs, HR executives, and other business leaders to learn about internal gamification. Over the course of this series, you'll hear examples and pitfalls, discover how to assess when it's an appropriate strategy, and learn to evaluate gamification partners and game design ideas. I am Jesse Leahy, and in this first episode of Game Changer, we're featuring one of the best-known experts in the emerging field of gamification, Kevin Werbach. Kevin is co-author of For the Win, How Game Thinking Can Revolutionize Your Business. He is a professor at Wharton, one of the world's top business schools, and he created the world's first MBA course on gamification. Kevin is the founder of the Supernova Group, a technology analysis and consulting firm. He's considered a leading expert on emerging trends in communications and technology. Kevin, welcome to Game Changer. Thanks so much for having me. Kevin and I recently got to know each other on the podcast Engaging Leader, episode 38. Kevin provided a great overview of gamification and the theory behind its effectiveness. I'd encourage listeners to check out that episode, and we'll put a link to it in our show notes here. In this episode of Game Changer, we'll talk about what business leaders need to know if they're thinking about actually implementing gamification. But first, Kevin, could you start us off with an example of gamification that has successfully engaged employees? Well, there are lots of companies using gamification. And the first thing to say is uh, there are plenty of examples that are either gamification similar to it that we we just take for granted. So, for example, uh, contests uh, that uh, motivate employees by giving them incentives if they hit certain targets or or if they they win a competition. Uh, those are like gamification, but but generally those haven't been designed with fun in mind, uh, and they haven't been designed really taking advantage of the lessons of game design. So, um, one example I'm familiar with is a, a startup called Kias which focuses on employee health and wellness. So they, they partner with enterprises and with uh, healthcare companies and insurers um, to uh, try and help employees um, be more fit. Um, and companies want that, of course, as it lowers their, their healthcare expenses. And uh, Kia has found that um, the most effective way to do that was to put people in teams and challenge them in a game-like environment um, to uh, have the, the highest improvement in their, their health and wellness. Uh, and they, they use a variety of mechanisms, uh, challenges and missions and badges that you can earn and so forth um, that are gamified mechanisms. And, and they found that that's been um, incredibly effective uh, and motivates people to do things that, that they wouldn't do otherwise, even if you give people the data. What, what they found was that just knowing that um, this is something that would make you healthier doesn't make you change your behavior, but the gamified system does. 
And you know, one other example to give uh, is um, Zappos, the the online shoe retailer that's now part of Amazon, a company that that focuses a lot on fun um, in their workplace. Um, they put in something called the Face Game, which uh, is when you log into the company intranet, you get shown a picture of one of your coworkers, and then it says, "All right, who is this?" And you have hmm. to pick who it is. Um, and if you get it wrong, then it takes you to the page in the company online directory. It says, oh, this is Michelle, and here's where she works, and here's some interesting stuff about her background. Would you like to uh, send Michelle an email and invite her to lunch? Um, and that's all about getting employees to know each other better, increasing camaraderie, uh, which is something that is important, especially at a place like Zappos. And, and a, a key element of their performance as a company is creating that sense of being on a team and working together hard to do as the company grows. And so they use this little simple game as a nudge to get people to find out about each other and, and to be interested in, in working together, especially across departmental and functional lines. Now, in your book, you say that gamification is a fusion of art and science. Why do you say that? Gamification is about design and creativity. So, Doing a good game uh, requires you to think about um, all of the aspects that we would normally think about in doing a good uh, work of art, uh, whether that's a painting or a movie. You have to think about uh, story and narrative. You have to think about the, the visual appeal of it, um, all those things that, that really tug at people's emotions. But then doing gamification effectively is more than just making something that looks pretty. It involves leveraging data and analytics to provide feedback to the user and to provide feedback to the designer of the system. Uh, what makes gamification effective um, is being able to track all of the behaviors that happen in the system, all the things people do, and understand the patterns and uh, tweak the system based on that information to make it more effective. So you're saying that you need a process that helps fuse the art of the of gamification with the science of gamification and you call that process design right and i'm i'm borrowing from uh, a whole movement called design thinking which which is about applying design concepts in general. So if you go to a product design company, a company like IDEO in, in Palo Alto, and say, I want you to make my new product, um, they, they have a bunch of people who will make the thing look pretty, but really their expertise is in bringing together people who have lots of different skills, um, both those kind of soft creative skills, but also hard-edged skills about um, process, about understanding structure, and about understanding how to iterate, how to build a prototype, understand it, and then uh, get feedback on it, and then build a better prototype and, and evolve the system that way. That's, that's the process of design. Um, and there's a whole literature in design around making things human-centric, how to build things that focus on real people's problems um, and so forth. What I talk about in For the Win um, and in the other work that I do in gamification is taking those same insights that, that people have used to talk about design thinking in business in general and applying them specifically around game design um, because game design is a kind of design and we can learn from the way game designers build great games. They don't just think about the art. They have to think about um, how to make it work with all the people that are that are in that game um, and how to have the game scale and how to have the game work as a technical system. Um, we can learn from all that in building business-based gamified systems. 
Now, you lay out in your book a framework of six steps that are important in gamification design. Can you walk us through those six steps? Absolutely. So I call them the six D's because they all start with the letter D and just so happens design starts with the letter D. Um, the, the six steps are, again, within the context of a design process. So design has to be iterative. You can't think I'm going to start at this point and then I'm going to build the finished product and then, I, then I'm done. You're almost certainly going to get it wrong. Um, you don't know what the right product is until you put a prototype out there and get feedback from real users. In game design, we call that play testing. Game designers, even people designing very sophisticated video games, will often build a paper prototype, literally pieces of paper and dice and things like that, and give it to a bunch of people and say, all right, this has got the fundamental gameplay, what we call the mechanics of the game. Does it seem like it would be fun? And you get feedback, and only based on that feedback do you find the problems and ways to evolve. So I'm going to give you six steps, but it's within a context of understanding that you don't just do this in a linear process. You you think about all these things, but you're constantly revising and iterating. So um, people will tend to make the mistake of starting at the end, saying, all right, I want to build a gamified system. I'm going to get some leaderboards, and I'm going to give people points for doing this, and I'm going to create these avatars and so forth. That's the last step. The last step is implementation. Uh, The first step is define your business objectives. So what's the goal here? Gamification is not about creating something that people love. That's part of it. But if you create something that people love that doesn't actually solve your objective, whether that's having your employees be more efficient, um, having your employees have a a better sense of enjoyment at work, um, increasing performance based on some uh, performance metric, then then you're not building a a system that's successful for a business. So step one is define very precisely what your business objectives are. Step two is delineate your target behavior. So what are the concrete specific steps that you would want people to take? And, And the question is, what's the group of people? That's the next step. But what specific things would you want them to do in order to achieve that business goal you set out in the first step? Third step is describe your players. Um, And it's important to think of them as players. They're not just users. They're not just employees. They are people who are voluntarily playing your game, who need to feel that enjoyment and engagement and the desire to proceed in the game. Um, And game designers have a variety of different uh, templates and frameworks for thinking about different player types. It's not just demographics and psychographics. It's what motivates people. Do people love exploration? Do they want to find new things or do they care about achievements, about getting to the top of a challenge or do they care more about socializing, for example? Um, So define different categories of your players and, and think about different aspects of the gamified system that may be rewarding and engaging to those different kinds of players. The fourth one is devise your activity loops. And this is basically just the structure of how the gamified system works. Uh, But it operates at two levels. At the micro level, um, there's what we call an engagement cycle. Um, And that is basically what's the activity, what's the feedback, uh, what do people see about how they did. Games give you lots of feedback, which might be your score or it might be something that's flashing or or something that happens. Um, How do people see what they did um, and learn from it, and then how does that create a motivation that then leads uh, back in a cycle um, to a new kind of action? That's the micro-level activity. At the macro level, it's focusing on what's called the player journey. 
how do people go from being newbies, people who don't know how to play the game, to being sucked into the experience, to uh, getting increasingly good and successful in the game, to ultimately being masters and expert players of the game? So you think about that as a, as a journey and think about how the gamified system relates to people at different stages. Fifth one is step back, stop what you're doing, don't forget the fun. Uh, time and time again, I've seen teams building gamified systems that that get so focused on the weeds. They get so focused on the structures and mechanics and, and drawing diagrams that they forget that this has to be fun. If people don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. So you need to step back and say, all right would people actually find this fun and engaging? And if not, what can I do to make it feel more fun? Again, not dropping all of the structures and the analytic pieces, um, but how to make it an experience that people would want to do. And then the final step, step six, is deploy. Find the appropriate tools, whether that's software platforms or other kinds of mechanisms, pick the specific game mechanics and game elements, um, and then go and build the system. Now with that first step, define your objectives, your business objectives, it seems like, as you pointed out in the book, that if you don't do that well, you can end up with a, a game that might otherwise be designed effectively. It might work really well, but might get you the wrong, the wrong outcomes. Do you have an example of where that might have happened? Well, so there's, there's lots of examples out there, and, and, and plenty of them are cases where people, especially we're talking about in a, in, a, in a workplace employment context, people had fun. But that was the point. I mean, it's nice if your employees feel like they're having more fun. But if your goal is, is for example, about um, improving output of a certain product, then just having fun you know, may actually be distracting. They may be spending more of their time playing the game than actually doing work. So that, that, we see lots of examples like that. Um, there's one example that I, that, that I talk about um, uh, in the book and elsewhere about Disney where they put a leaderboard in uh, to their hotels for their um, uh, housekeeping workers, the, 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 the maids and the laundry staff and so forth. And what happened was people reacted incredibly negatively because what they saw was it was tracking their performance, how quickly they were doing their tasks and ranking them and showing who was at the top. And the lesson that they took from that was people at the bottom are getting fired and people freaked out. They got um, so upset that some of them stopped taking bathroom breaks because they were so <laughs> worried and upset. Um, and it, it destroyed employee morale. It created this very competitive backbiting environment uh, and actually performance went down. So that's an example of, of not really focusing hard at the outset about what the goal is and, and then what it takes to achieve that goal and building a system that, that in fact makes things worse. Just a quick pause from this interview with Kevin Werbeck to tell listeners about a game we're playing to have some fun throughout this series. First, we are giving away a copy of Kevin's book, For the Win, How Game Thinking Can Revolutionize Your Business. To get started, simply like our Engaging Leader Facebook page. That will automatically enter you for a chance to win the book. If you had previously liked our page, just post a comment on the page. From the next 50 likes or posts on the Engaging Leader Facebook page, we'll select one person at random to win the book. And liking our page also unlocks the first clue you need toward a bigger prize, a $100 gift card from Amazon. The first clue is the game board. In each of the first 15 episodes of Game Changer, there will be other clues to help you guess our secret phrase. You'll need the game board from our Facebook page in order to figure out which clues go where. 
From those clues, if you can be the first person to guess the secret phrase, you will win a $100 gift card from Amazon. And everyone who guesses it correctly will be honored on our Game Changer Genius Board. So, to get the game board, like us on Facebook and click on the Game Board tab. You can go directly to that tab by visiting engagingleader.com slash gameboard. You know, the Disney example reminds me a lot of your step three there as well. Describe your players and how different people are motivated by different things. And some people might get very motivated by, let's say, competition, but that's not fun for everybody. And that would actually be a turnoff for other people. Absolutely. And and again, we're all very complicated creatures. So um, there's hardly anyone who's never motivated by competition. There's hardly anyone who's always motivated by competition. And and as an aside, uh, gamification is about learning from game designers, but game designers themselves make these mistakes all the time. And so, for example, one of the most successful games of all time was The Sims. Um, and um, lots of companies and game designers looked at The Sims and said, well, this will never work. There's no objective. There's no competition. You don't win. You just hang out with friends and decorate your house and chat with people and stuff. And it turned out that, no, actually, people love socializing. They love showing off their their things that they've built and so forth. And that was incredibly powerful. So uh, even game designers miss this sometimes. And, yes, competition is a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing at work. But you want it to be healthy competition. You want it to be competition where people still feel like they're part of a team and don't feel like this is a situation where they have to win and everyone else loses. Because, again, that, that goes back up to the first one about business objectives. Typically, as a manager, your goal is not to find the one Uber employee um, because you're dependent upon the team working together. Yes, if, if there are people who are at the bottom who maybe should be doing something else or maybe or maybe need some some retraining or some help to, to achieve their potential, the competition can help do that. Uh, but you, you don't want this kind of, you know, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross situation where the lesson people take away is it's all about the competition and, and it becomes – really powerfully demotivating to a lot of people who actually could be great, valuable contributors if you exploited the other kinds of motivations that they have. In your fifth step, Don't Forget the Fun, you talk about how there are several different types of fun that appeal to different people or at different points in time. Can you give us a few examples of what types of fun might be relevant to gamification? Yeah, you know, people, fun is this great word uh, because um, people typically have never thought about what is fun. You say, well, what, what makes something fun? And they, they usually say, oh, sure, fun, it's it's something that was fun. Um, <laughs> or, they, or they'll say something like, oh, fun is lying in a hammock without a care in the world and so forth. And like, yeah, that's fun. Um, but that's also boring at a certain point. Uh, <laughs> and if you ask people to describe the things that they have found fun, more often than not, they'll describe things that are challenging or they'll describe things that involve socializing, interacting with other people. So um, there are researchers who've studied games and, and talked about different categories of fun. And there, there's several different versions of this. Um, but uh, it, basically, there are categories of fun that are about the challenge. Um, what's fun is 
uh, having a hard challenge. I mean, why do people solve crossword puzzles? Millions of people do the New York Times crossword puzzle. No one pays them. They don't do it because it's easy. They do it because it's hard. Uh, to, to paraphrase, uh, actually, a line from, from John F. Kennedy's speech about the moon landing, it's the challenge. Um, sometimes, again, it's about socializing. Sometimes it's about um, exploration, trying to put yourself in a different situation. Um, it's part of what people love about games. Okay, now you can be um, a knight that's going through a dungeon or, or now you can be um, you know, Mario and, and, or whatever it is, um, trying on different masks, different, different kinds of roles and characters. Games let us do that, and that's something else that people find fun on a different dimension. Um, so again, there are there are lots of different ways to look at this, and no game and no gamified system will be equally fun in every way. You have to make choices and trade-offs, um, but a good system will will either be hyper-focused on the right kind of fun for the task. So so again. If your situation is one where all you can, you know, the, the, the classic kind of sales uh, environment where you really just care about performance, you've got a group of people who are used to competing, competing hard and relate to that, you know, then you might want to focus on a more achievement oriented kind of fun. Um, but if what you're trying to do, for example, is promote uh, innovation, get people to feel comfortable in your organization all throughout the organization, coming up with great new ideas outside the box for new products or new innovations, then you probably don't want that kind of cutthroat kind of fun. Then you want the more kind of collaborative kind of fun. Kevin, so if a business leader wanted to move forward with gamification, what are the basic options for doing that? So there's a, a variety of technology platforms. There's a number of companies like uh, Badgeville, Bunchball, Gigya, um, iActionable, and others that that make gamified platforms where, where if you want a white label software system that will manage all the analytics and give you the various game mechanics, um, you can go and, and use one of those systems. There also are some that are focused on the enterprise. There, there's one called, I think it's now called work.com, which was now part of Salesforce.com, that's an employee recognition system that's based around gamification. They have a variety of, of competitors as well. So if you go out and start looking, there now are literally dozens of companies that offer gamified solutions. Also, many of the major consulting firms, including specialized consulting firms in areas like, like employee engagement and recognition and, and sales, have gamification solutions up to the, you know, the big major consulting firms like uh, PwC and Accenture and Capgemini now are developing game gamification practices. Um, but you don't necessarily need to do all those things. If you spend some time studying game design, uh, you know, the, the book that I wrote for the win is, is designed to be a brief introduction. It has links to a variety of other resources. My online course on Coursera, um, which is free to anyone, it's it's running now, but there'll be another session probably in the fall, are designed to give some some basic frameworks. Um, but but doing gamification well, if you take those six steps I gave you um, and think about how to apply them in your own context, um, you can do a lot without necessarily um, buying a bunch of expensive technology. So it, it it really depends on the nature of the project you have and and the nature of your organization, what what kind of resources you have and and what kind of scale you're talking about. So if I could sort of say that back to you, first of all, you you might want to think about. Uh, are you going to go a, a technology-based um, approach or non-technology-based or a hybrid of the two? Uh, then you might be wanting to think about, are you going to buy something? Are you going to build something? And do you need somebody to help you do that? And then if you are going to buy, you can look at platform software solutions such as Badgeville or uh, package solutions for vertical markets like Kios that you mentioned earlier. And then there's total uh, custom programmers out there that would help you with a, a technology-based solution as well. 
Absolutely. It's, it's similar to if you ask me the question about how to do social media in the enterprise. Um, there's no one answer. I, I could give you everything from some, some you know, very heavyweight, very sophisticated systems down to just you know, have a guy open a Twitter account for your business. Um, and, and all those would, would potentially be the right answer depending on your situation. Kevin, where can people find out more about you and your work? Well, so as I said, I teach a class on Coursera, which is one of the massive open online course platforms uh, on gamification. And you can register to be notified when uh, the next session is available. If you go to Coursera, which is C-O-U-R-S-E-R-A dot uh, org, that you can look for the gamification course. Um, I also have a website at gamifyforthewin.com that, that collects a bunch of the work I do. And again, my, my book, For the Win, um, which is available both in paperback and also all the ebook formats online. Um, it's, a, it's a digital first book, so you need all the online sites, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and so forth will have it, is, is again a, a good starting place for understanding these different ideas and, and how to find ways to go deeper into them. Kevin Werbeck, co-author of For the Win, How Game Thinking Can Revolutionize Your Business. Thank you for joining us on Game Changer. Thanks so much. And the one other thing I'd say to find me is my Twitter handle is at kwerb, K-W-E-R-B, so follow me there. Thanks so much, Jesse. We'll also provide the contact information that Kevin shared in our show notes, which you can find at engagingleader.com forward slash GC1, as in Game Changer Episode 1. Today we discussed six steps for effective gamification. Define business objectives, delineate target behaviors, describe your players, devise activity loops, don't forget the fun, and deploy the appropriate tools, the six Ds. Game Changers, that wraps up today's show. Don't miss our next episode when we'll feature our first interview with a gamification solution provider, Chris Duggan, who is co-founder and chief strategy officer for Badgeville. Don't miss it. If you enjoy this series, be sure to check out the weekly leadership podcast, Engaging Leader, where my guests and I share more ways to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Until next time, remember, life is short, so keep it fun. You can find both Game Changer and Engaging Leader podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, and on our website at engagingleader.com. To stay up on the latest news and trends in internal gamification, join the Game Changer group on LinkedIn. We'll automatically direct you to our LinkedIn group when you go to engagingleader.com group. Subscribe to our e-digest at engagingleader.com newsletter. When you do, we'll send you a free copy of Jesse's ebook, Eight Communication Tools for Leaders. You can also follow Jesse on Twitter, at Jesse Leahy, and like us at facebook.com engagingleader. Game Changer is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm that helps mid-sized and large employers attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. Find out more at aspendalecommunications.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, James Marler, our sound engineer, Cliff Ravenscraft, our podcasting advisor, Dustin Hartzler, our website engineer, J.J. Leahy, our video and web intern, and Peter McIsaac, who composed our theme music. 